Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome into the Inside Carolina podcast presented to you by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyTShirt.com. I'm your host, Ross Martin. This is another position preview podcast. Today we're talking about inside linebackers. Before I get to that, I want you all to remember to rate this podcast, review Inside Carolina Podcasts, and subscribe to Inside Carolina Podcasts, and subscribe to our YouTube page. We're going to be streaming a lot of stuff this season. We're going to have all our videos, all our podcasts, all our interviews, press conferences on YouTube, so make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, it definitely helps us as well. All right, I'm Ross Martin. Again, joined by Greg Barnes and Jason Staples. We're moving on through the defense to inside linebackers. Let's run through the depth chart. We have senior Jeremiah Gimmel. We have Eugene Asante, who played a little bit at the end of last season, enters his junior season. We have Cedric Gray, and we have two freshmen, Ra Ra Dilworth and Power Eccles, two highly ranked four-star kind of dynamic uh, inside linebackers who are true freshmen this season. So we got about five – I think it's only five people on scholarship um, for a group that has experience and, again, a lot of young talent as well. Greg, uh, we've, you know, we all know about what Gimmel and a little bit about Asante and we all love Gimmel as a, as an interview guy and as a leader. When you look at this group, what are your takes? Where's the start? Where's the end with the inside linebackers heading into the 2021 season? Well, I think first people will see, wow, there's only five guys here and that may freak them out. Essentially what North Carolina had here uh, last year, because you had, um, you had Ethan West also an inside linebacker. Um, and then you had, you had an injury that kind of, limited Tommy Thigpen to, to five guys. So I think they're comfortable with that number. Um, you got a almost a legitimate three deep, a true two, two deep. Um, and they like a lot of the guys that they have there. Um, and then you've got, you know, playing time in terms of how many guys you're going to have on the field. So I think five is a good number, but it, it starts and, and, and ends with Jeremiah Gimmel. Um, this is a guy who uh, has really kind of emerged the last couple of years. Chaz Surratt was such a great story and such a, a freak athlete that I think he stole a lot of the headlines. Uh, but we always kind of heard behind the scenes, Gimmel was the guy that was calling the plays and was really the heart and soul of the team. He's always been a great interview. I mean, I, I think you could make the case he's probably the best interview on the team. Um, he's very forthright. You know, whenever there are mistakes made, uh, you know, he's, he's open to, to taking the blame and to explaining why mistakes were made. And there's value in that. Um, and so I, I think he's he is the heart and soul of this defense, not just the inside linebacker group, but the, the entire defense. Uh, we saw what Eugene Asante can do, you know, in the Orange Bowl. And so I think with those those two guys there, you have a, a solid starting group that Tommy Thigpen, I'm sure, just just loves. He's got those guys. Um, Cedric Gray, um, you know, has shown some flashes. I think he's a good athlete. And then, as you mentioned, you got two young guys in Ra Ra and Power, who are going to be the future of this this inside linebacker group. Um, they're going to get to play plenty this year, but I think they're going to be able to learn from, from Gilmore and Asante. And that's kind of what you want. You want elite guys talent wise, uh, getting some snaps, but not having to rely on them so that when the upperclassmen move on, you've got these kids that can step in and they're not, not be much of a drop off. I think Carolina is finally getting to a point across the entire, uh, depth chart where they're reaching that point. And I think that's certainly the case here at inside linebacker. 
Yeah, I mean, the Chaz Surratt air is over, and we kind of – you don't even think about that. But, yeah, I mean, he was a huge part of what we talked about for the last two seasons. Not only is like a dynamic storyline, but he was so good, so athletic, so physical. Um, and like you said, Gimmel, though, I mean, they love him from a leadership standpoint, communication standpoint, and talent, too. I mean, he's fast. He's quick. I think a little undersized, which might affect where he is in the NFL draft, but he's an NFL draft-type player. You even saw a couple weeks ago the Senior Bowl – director of the, the Reese Senior Bowl tweet about – how much they liked his tape when they were watching Surratt tape. So Gimmel's on the radar for NFL teams. Um, but so that's the story this season and, and kind of the, the people behind him. Jason, can you kind of talk about what the role is of the inside linebacker? Because we're still getting into this 3-4 here where we, we understand the, the defensive line. We kind of know what the outside linebackers do now. What are we looking for when you look at these inside linebackers from their role in this defense and then into the personnel? Well, in a lot of ways, it's the easiest one to explain to someone who's been around a lot of football or has watched football for a long time because the 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 inside linebacker in Bateman's system is is a linebacker. <laughs> That's what you do. You know, they are the guys who are in that traditional role of uh, playing behind the defensive line by and large, and they those these guys are supposed to make the most tackles on this team. That's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to be there to be the unblocked player to clean up in the running game and uh, also to be good blitzers, to get pressure when they're, when they're blitzing, usually in between the, uh, say, the B gap and, and, and the A gap somewhere. And, you know, one of those gaps is usually where they're going to be coming from. So between the, the guard and the tackle or the guard in the center, they're going to be doing a lot of that sort of thing. So they're expecting some, some pressure out of them when they do blitz, but basically their, their primary jobs are, you're going to be, we're going to, we're going to try to make sure that we keep you clean so that you can get to the football, make the tackle. And then when it's a pass play, although the RPO world has changed a lot of this, when it's a pass play, they have to be able to either cover backs and tight ends one-on-one or, get to specific zones and make sure that they're matching routes correctly to, uh, to take away what, uh, what's being done at that sort of underneath level. Now, the RPO game is what makes this position harder now than it ever has been because oftentimes RPO, the run pass option is where teams are going to be say quarterback in the shotgun takes the snap. And now his eyes are on one of the linebackers and he, and if that linebacker is coming forward to stop, say, the inside zone, if he's doing what he's supposed to and hitting that gap to, to make the tackle on the inside zone, you've got a little slant or something coming behind him and you throw it right over his head to where he would be if he was covering, if he was in pass coverage. And so that makes it more difficult for linebackers in today's game because you kind of have to be able to do two things at once. You have to be coming downhill and covering behind you all at once, or you have to be so quick that you can stay back just a little bit longer to cover that, to make sure that he hands it off and then come downhill and still be able to make the tackle within two yards of the line of scrimmage. So you got to be able to really move. And, and that's something where that's why you're seeing linebackers that used to be, you know, 250 pound inside linebacker really taken on, Offensive guards is his job. Now those guys are normally in closer to 230, 220. And that's what you have in with this group because they're they're expected to to do a little bit more on the pass pass coverage side or to be able to run a little bit better uh, and more quickly than than what you saw in the past. So that's really what it is. And Carolina's got 
five really good bodies here. And, and uh, you know, Gemmel, the one hole on him, you, you mentioned he's a little bit, a little bit undersized. The other thing that I'd, I'd like to see is there are times where he, when he has to move outside his frame, he's not as fluid. He's really fast on a line, but not quite as fluid as what you'd like to see. Uh, but that's a nitpick. He's a really good player and, and they, they, they like him a lot for a good reason. I think Asante has a chance of being basically almost, almost no drop off. And in some ways he, he, he actually should be an improvement on what they had from Surratt. I think he's a more reliable tackler. So, you know, this is going to be really interesting again to see than they were last year. Uh, and these are guys that don't come off the field very much either. That's the other thing. Cause they're the quarterbacks of your defense. That's what they do. You, you can't, you don't take your quarterback off the field much. And so you have to make sure that, you know, because those are the guys that run everything. These are guys that also are your, your, your quarterbacks. So you don't take them off the field very much. And that's why you don't see much rotation. I uh, appreciate that, Jason. Good stuff. Yeah. I mean, it, it does seem like a basic position where they, they should be getting the most tackles there in the middle of the field, stay clean and, and make plays and make the tackles when you have them. We're going to touch onto a little bit about the inside linebacker role and the, I guess the type of player, not the type of player, but the amount of plays that there'll be two guys in after the break. Um, Greg's going to touch on that. Before we talk about that, let's talk about Giant T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com, your one-stop shop for everything. UNC apparel, T-shirts, jerseys, sweatshirts, stuff for tailgates. It's going to be full capacity at Keene Stadium. We've got a lot of rock and tailgates. Make sure you get all that stuff on Johnny T-shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com. We know you're buying it. You might as well get it from a local company in Chapel Hill that supports the Inside Carolina podcast and make sure to use that 10% off discount code on the premium message board. Subscribe to Inside Carolina. There's tons of recruiting news, tons of football team scoop. Make sure to subscribe and get that 10% off discount code with Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. We're going to pay some national ads and be right back to talk more about UNC's 2021 season and the inside linebacker group. And we're back on the Inside Carolina podcast. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And subscribe to our YouTube page. We're talking about UNC's 2021 inside linebacker group. And we were off air, and Greg was kind of mentioning some potential changes or kind of how we think Jay Bateman is going to roll out this group. I'm going to let Greg have the floor, and we'll kind of discuss from there. Well, I think the interesting thing about how this, this roster has developed, uh, a lot of people are very excited about what's happened up front, defensive line. Uh, and the fact that Jay Bateman has so many guys that he can rely on for those three down linemen positions puts you in a situation where you're not going to have to rely on Kamon Rucker and Tamon Fox or even Des Evans near as much to play the end positions. They can actually slide outside and play outside linebacker. And so what that means is you potentially can have five guys along the defensive line quite a bit because you're going to want Evans on the field a lot. You're going to want Tamon Fox on the field a lot. And then you've got Rucker and Chris Collins. You know, all these guys are going to be jockeying for playing time. So if you've got five guys up front, and then we know that with how college football has changed over the years, I think Buck Sanders had this stat the other day, something like 90% of snaps – uh, defensive snaps last year had five defensive backs on the, on the field when you when you add in the nickelback. So now you're talking about five up front, five on the back end, that's 10. You can only play 11. Uh, we know Jeremiah Gimbel's going to get a ton of snaps. So is this the position that 
kind of loses out because of some of the, the, the growth up front that has spread out the talent, if you will. Uh, you, you know, Jacorius Collins is going to play a lot. That's why they were working him at both safety and nickel. I mean, he's probably still going to play some at nickel. And so do you want a guy like that or a guy like Don Chapman at nickel? Or do you want a, Eugene Asante alongside of Jeremiah Gimmel? Now, the, the easy answer here is it totally depends on what the opposing offense is wanting to do. If you're playing Notre Dame, you're going to want two inside linebackers there. Um, but if you're playing somebody that's more spread out, you're going to certainly want an extra defensive back there. So I think Jay Bateman's got a lot of options, but he's also got a lot of decisions that he has to make in terms of you want your best 11 on the field, um, but who are those 11? And depending on what the offense wants to do, how are you going to set this up? So I think it's going to be an interesting thing to watch because he's got so many versatile options. He can do a lot of different things. He's just got to figure out exactly what it is that he wants to do. Yeah, and you got to think they're always going to favor speed, like you mentioned. I mean, they're going to want uh, a Jacorius Conley or Don Chapman in over a, a slower defensive end or a, a slower middle linebacker in most cases. And you mentioned how it does depend on what the other team is doing. Um, I mean, Gimmel can can guard some – do you think he can guard some, you know, interior wide receiver routes? Uh, can he guard certain plays across the middle wide receiver? That's kind of up for debate because he's very versatile and very quick as well. And you're also noticing to build off what you said, Greg, is, um, I mean, they're recruiting less linebackers. They're only signing. It looks like they've reached their quota already in the 2021 class with a commitment. And I don't think they're going to look to sign anymore unless an elite prospect becomes available. So uh, with the emergence of this outside linebacker position with the versatile players who can cover end to end and the importance of pass rush and how critical that is on the defense side of the ball. It does seem like the linebacker uh, position is taking a hit within this um, within Jay Bateman's defense. Sure, and if you look at a guy like Ra Ra Dillard, I think he's a perfect example. Not yeah. not to put any expectations on the kid, but he's kind of built in the same mode of an, of an Isaiah Simmons from Clemson a couple of years ago. Simmons was a linebacker, uh, but that's a kid who can play safety. That's a kid who can play nickelback. He can play about any position they need him to play. Uh, and so I think you're you're shifting towards that, where technically he's going to be a linebacker and he's going to be an inside linebacker, but he can do anything you need him to do. Now, to your point, Jeremiah Gimmel, he can certainly defend that tight end coming over the middle. A slot receiver, eh, that's going to yeah. be tough. But Ra-Ra is a guy potentially who will be able to guard that type of player as he gets older and more experienced and all those things. So certainly you're shifting towards that, towards a guy that can play basically any of the back seven positions. Um, but I, I think you're exactly right. I think the game is evolving, especially in Jay Bateman's defense, to where you, you may need one guy in the middle that can call everything, but you can be very flexible with the pieces around him. Yeah, and remember, Rod Rod Dilworth was recruited by most schools as a safety, and right. UNC liked him at linebacker, so he's that versatile guy. Jason, we lost you there for a second. We're going to close out here with your takes on kind of where that inside linebacker position is going at UNC. Greg talked about how – there's times there'll only be one on the field. Dude, maybe only zero, maybe zero on the field if they have to go and dime. And sometimes they have this, you know, Jacoris Conley, again, he, he, he is a big enough to play linebacker. So they're building these, these pieces that can play both linebacker and safety and can cover as well. Your thoughts on that position and where is it going within Jay Bateman's uh, defense? Well, I think what you said about Ra-Ra being recruited as a safety by a lot of programs says basically where it's going. <laughs> Because Ra-Ra Ra -Ra and, uh, and Power are really the future at that position. And 
you can see that when Ra-Ra is on the field, it's basically like you only have one true linebacker on the field. It's just that he's so physical as a, as an extra safety that he basically gives you both. And, uh, and that's a big, big luxury. And again, this is what, what Jay Bateman really wants in his, in his players is he wants guys that can, yeah. that can do multiple things across the board because it, it gives you so much, um, gives you so much, flexibility as a coordinator and uh you know isaiah simmons at, at clemson is of course maybe the most obvious example of this in recent years along with uh, derwin james down at florida state where they they're, they're these they're these multi-tool second level athletes that can play in the third level they can play on the first level and they can do a lot of different things running around and when you've got teams that force you to play in, to to be in a bind where you're having to play that option role where you're being optioned, you're playing, you have run responsibilities and pass responsibilities. The more you have guys that are versatile and flexible and can be used in different ways, the more you can take back some of that initiative from offenses. When you can say, okay, well, this is the look that we're giving where this guy is going to be your conflict player nine times out of 10, you know, against most looks. Oh, he's not this time because we've got this other hybrid player over here that can do this. And now you're throwing into the you're throwing into a situation that you didn't realize, and that's a turnover. There's all sorts of things that you can do when you have that kind of speed and flexibility. I'm looking forward to to seeing how they're able to do that. But it's it's really about having one true backer, and then I think that that other second backer, oftentimes, especially once once it's uh, rah rah out there, is going to be that flexible, almost defensive back type backer that is uh, that 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 gives them flexibility. The other one last thing. Uh, also, before we finish, this is often one of the groups that gives you your your most important special teams guys. You 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 need even if you're not taking say Gemmel and Asante or or last year Gemmel and Surratt off the field very much. The other three guys are basically three. They need to be your three absolute studs on special teams. So even if Ra Ra and and Power and and Cedric Gray are are not getting. Uh, more than say eight, 10 snaps a game at linebacker, they're going to be in, they should be in on basically every coverage unit and they need to be the guys that, that are making those tackles on those units. I mean, that's the, that's the goal. Them and the, and the defensive backs, your, your, your backup safeties and things like that are guys where you really need to be strong and having the strength in, in, in that second level and that second group, I think will, will help them significantly uh, on the special team side this year as well. They're, they're, they're starting to build depth for that as well. That's a great point. And I can already see it now with, uh, with message board people, message board subscribers, our loyal message board subscribers, being like, where's Rala? We need Rala on the field. Why is he not playing? The same thing last year. Where's Eugene Asante? Why is he not on the field? I mean, I, I really think it's going to be Eugene Asante and Gimmel, and you won't see um, Cedric Gray power and rara that much i know there will be certain packages where rara comes in where power comes in and and hopefully for unc fans to get to a point where gray or power and rara can can give them some breaks on certain possessions uh, like a series here a series there in the, in the third quarter second quarter so that gimmel and uh, eugene santi are rested that's the goal of the depth so i think you will see rara in on certain plays i'm super excited about what he can do and of course jason makes a great point about those guys need to be studs on special teams uh, for this unit. The recruit, I uh, forgot his name, Deuce Caldwell. He committed to UNC like last week, two weeks ago, depending on when this runs. 
Uh, he is a safety who is, is now kind of playing linebacker, who will play linebacker for UNC, fits that mold of a versatile guy, 6'1", 210, who's really physical, but also the quickness of a, of a defensive back. He's going to size up and be a um, linebacker at UNC. All right, guys, good stuff. That's inside linebackers for the 2021 season. We didn't mention Kadri Jackson. I'll just th- throw a note out there. Kadri Jackson transferred. I think he went to some school in Georgia. I'm not sure yet, but he was a – a guy that just couldn't break the depth chart. They liked him. Um, he just wasn't going to play much this year behind Gimmel and behind um, um, Sante. And then probably is a chance that he was going to get surpassed by Raw Ron Power at some point, given what he saw in the spring. Uh, so Conjure Jackson, uh, just a depth piece that is now not at UNC. Uh, for Jason Gregg, I'm Ross Martin. We appreciate you listening to the Inside Carolina podcast brought to you by Johnny T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com. Remember to rate review and subscribe and next up will be either corners or safeties we'll surprise you with which which defensive back group we bring to you next on the position preview podcast thanks for listening to another podcast from insidecarolina.com brought to you by johnnytshirt.com where to go for your next tar heel gear purchase